0: What the fuck is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Honest Podcast. I have a very special guest with me. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Bobby. Um, This episode is long overdue. I actually teased it on the timeline several weeks ago, but my fucking computer crashed, and it was a whole bunch of bullshit. But we're actually back. She was kind enough to finally... Um, let me make up for the bullshit that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this episode, we're going to we're going to start it off discussing um, interracial dating and being white. Uh, I guess what I can call a white ally in a conservative home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to get into a whole bunch of kinky shit, BDSM, um, sex work, being a sugar baby. All that shit. So if you guys are interested, then um, stay tuned. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, So first off, before y'all motherfuckers start, because I know how some of y'all niggas like to get, y'all probably talking shit, talking about, oh, this bitch done invited this white bitch to the cookout already. Talk about she's a white ally. (laughs) Okay, I know she probably has a past motherfuckers
1: learn <laughs> that's very true <laughs> People
0: learn but but no in all in all seriousness um just based off the fact that i had conversations with her and when i first met her she had on a check your privilege shirt and although some of y'all may be like bitch it's just a shirt um one that's actually making a statement her family knows her family bought the shirt and we're going to get into that in a second. But. I think a lot of us discredit white people who actually try like who actually go out of their way to not just ignore blatantly ignore the bullshit and I think a lot of people also don't understand that y'all do take not going to say take a risk not a risk compared to the shit we go through but y'all do face some bullshit from some of your peers, family, oh, yeah. from fucking coworkers for standing up so you did have the check your privilege shirt. Your parents bought it. You're a white girl
1: in a conservative home. How did all this come about? Um, so, like you said, I have a past. And growing up, I kind of really considered myself to be conservative and pretty much like far right. It wasn't like any of this alt-right bullshit that you see now. But I definitely believed in capitalism, small government, all of that shit. And I didn't really educate myself on what any of this meant. It was just kind of like, in my opinion, this is what my parents believed in. From my experiences, this is what's best. Um, When I really, my views started changing, it was a mix of two different things. First, I was coming into college and I was educating myself on what happens to not only just me, but other people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I realized that Comparatively to the rest of the world, I was a minority in the ways that I was raised mm-hmm. by having parents who made a steady amount of money, and basically, essentially, I checked my own privilege. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I I stepped out of what I like to call my privilege bubble, mm-hmm. and I saw the world with real eyes—not my privileged eyes, but the eyes of a normal, empathetic, feeling human being. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that happened was I grew up in the suburbs outside of Houston and there were a good mix of people in different races and ethnicities, mm-hmm. but it was mostly white people. And the people that I surrounded myself with were white people. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean study shows that people like to hang out with people that yeah. look like them. So for the most part, if you hung out with the same race as yours. Mm-hmm. So I had all white friends but once I got to college I started making friends with black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, Middle Eastern people, you know just all sorts of people from all sorts of different walks of life and I realized that despite my shitty past and all the shitty things that I thought happened to me my problems were so small Mm -hmm. because I don't walk outside of my house as a white woman, you know, yes, as a woman, I have certain fears about the world. But I, to me, I feel like my white privilege takes over that.
0: Yeah, she has blonde
1: hair. She's a blonde hair white woman. Yeah, I'm <laughs> white. I'm white as fuck. Pale ass porcelain skin, blue eyes, blonde hair. Like, I look white as fuck. I'm like straight out of Europe. <laughs> and so I never had to fear about anything because of the color of my skin. But the second that I started meeting people and hearing their experiences, I can't describe it other than my heart literally fucking broke. Because to me, you know, I always saw color. I always validated. I always was realized that there was a different culture. Because mm-hmm. I believe saying you're colorblind and you don't see color is just as bad as being racist. Yeah. Because I feel like you should... See acknowledge it, it, acknowledge the culture, acknowledge the differences, but respect it. Yeah. And I always have, but I never realized the importance of the culture, but also how it negatively impacts people. hmm You know, I mean, growing up, the worst shit that happened in our town was, like, one drug da- drug deal went bad once in an HB parking lot and some dude got shot. hmm and, like, it made the news for, like, a month straight. <laughs> or, like, some kids were stupid and got in a car accident and died. Like, literally, like, nothing bad ever really happened. Mm-hmm. And, like, nobody was struggling to make the bills. Nobody, you know, some kids were driving BMWs and Mercedes Benz to school. Like, yeah. so, from my experiences, that's how life was for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, once I started learning... That people don't have the same opportunity, literally based off of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. I was disgusted and horrified that this was our world. Because, you know, in my belief, you should be prideful in who you are, in your culture, in your background. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of or terrified by because of other people's reactions. I feel like it's something beautiful and amazing. You know, I wish that I grew up some, you know, with as much culture and just background and beautifulness and richness in my life mm-hmm. other than the slight Eastern European traditions that I had <laughs> in my household, which was like eating lettuce rolls and like, <laughs> like you know, kielbasa on Easter and shit like that. Like, you know, just ever so slight small shit, but like... I mean, if you look at all these different cultures, not even just the black culture, which I feel like a lot of people do focus on, but I do feel like that's the one who, in my opinion, is the most oppressed and most Mm -hmm. backlashed on in most walks of life. I mean, I had this conversation the other day with my boyfriend where if you look at different scopes of life, I feel like certain people are more oppressed, Yeah, you know? But if you look at all these different cultures there's something super beautiful and amazing about every single one of them. But if you look at quote-unquote white culture, mm-hmm. the only thing that's really prominent in it is racism. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You know, I feel like that's not something we as white people should be prideful about mm-hmm. and something that we should honestly make a change in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually never really considered myself an ally I guess more mm-hmm. so somebody who recognizes it and is aware about it and in my day-to-day life I try to do the most that I can if I hear something racist I will always yeah try it. to be
0: just a good person in general yeah I yeah. just and
1: I mean when shit was going down with our campus I was at some of the protests but I never spoke out because I felt like it wasn't my place mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's my place to speak out for people mm-hmm I feel like that's them. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not my experience. It's Mm -hmm. not what's happening to me. I feel like I can be there, support you, show other white people Mm -hmm. that white people feel the same way. And, but really let these people who've had these negative experiences do most of the talking. Mm -hmm. If you want, I can advocate for you. Use my white privilege for you. I've done it in situations where I feel like it's important. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I feel like it's more important for the oppressed speak out for themselves and show their true strength. Because in the face of adversity, you become more strong than anybody who hasn't gone through it. So, you know, you know, regarding my check, my privilege shirt, yeah, my mom actually did buy that for me. Um, we're so white that um, we have Amazon wish lists for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And I had come across this website with a bunch of like social justice t t-shirts. And um, I, in my future, I want to be a social worker and I'm very passionate, you know, through my program I've found all these, I've educated myself even further about social justice and what I can do. And so that's kind of become my life's calling in a way. Um, and I've been very vocal about it with my parents, you know. They know exactly what I want to do and exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. And so on my wish list, I put two T-shirts. One was a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. And the second one was the Check Your Privilege T-shirt. Um, I did not get the Black Lives Matter T-shirt for Christmas because my mom doesn't believe it's a real thing. <laughs> She's one of those all lives matter bullshit people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That's a whole other topic. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she bought me the Check Your Privilege T-shirt, and, um, you know, she was kind of really torn about it, but she ended up buying it for me, and you bet, believe, I wear that all the time. I wore that Monday because of the (laughs) bright Kavanaugh shit. I was like, you white boys better be checking your goddamn privilege because you're white (laughs) and male. You got the most privilege in the whole entire world. Okay. (laughs)
0: And so, okay, so you mentioned your boyfriend, and he's black, mm-hmm. and I remember I asked you this last time. Do you feel as though, in the beginning, you fetishized him? Like, oh, white girl, like, yeah, I want some big black cock.
1: Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when I first met him, because he was actually the first black guy I had ever been with. When I first met him, it had nothing to do with that. It was really more so with him it was like just somebody that i'd met. Mm-hmm. He was one i mean in my adult life one of my first black friends. because i had met him in high school. And so but you know, we've had a interesting relationship, definitely not the traditional type of relationship.
0: Yeah, now we're definitely going to get into that. Oh yeah,
1: it is it has been a definitely interesting relationship that does not devalue our love, but um, we've definitely had long breaks from each other where we were single. And since, since dating him, I found that, one, I was more attracted to black men than white men. That's just my pref- preference, you know, physically featured and personality-wise, especially the older I've gotten and the more, you know, what matches my personality and what I like to talk about, which is politics and social justice for the most part. Mm. And I don't want to talk to some white dude who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about unless he actually understands, which it's very hard to find an attractive white guy who understands.
0: (laughs) Which is why I feel like so many black women or just outside of black women of color don't date or try to fuck with white men, specifically white men, Other races too, but you were mentioning white men. For that reason, because it's just like, we, no, we can't relate. No, you can't.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) even even as a white woman who's dating a black man who, yes, I understand these things. and I'm knowledgeable about them, but I still can't relate. But I feel like that might be one of my strengths is that I'm aware that I can't relate Mm -hmm. and I don't try to relate. I know that these things happen. I understand. I'm empathetic to them. But I know that I will truly never understand what it's like to be a black man or a black woman in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to your original question, um, there was definitely a point in my life where I felt like I really did like fetishize black men and mm-hmm. was like... Because I was only pretty much sleeping with black men. It might have been... All men, but for the most part, I was sleeping with just black men.
0: Do you feel like part of you were only, was only sleeping with black men because you were scared to take them home in a serious relationship?
1: Um, from my experience, I think, and this is going to go into a more feminist topic, I think, because mm-hmm. most of the time I'm so willing to sleep with them the first night that I meet them or the first date, they categorized me as a fast girl, and they didn't, uh-huh. they did not want to <laughs> um, date me. Um, a few of them that I dated out of, I've only had two black guys meet my parents. Um, I'm, also, I'm very close with my mother, despite our difference in social justice issues and, all, mm-hmm. and our politic views and all that stuff. Um, she's definitely aware of every guy that I talk to. Always got a picture. Always got the rundown of who he was. Sometimes she didn't approve of who he was as a person. Uh Um, Despite, you know, my parents' views on stuff, they've never cared the color of the skin of who I'm dating. Um, They've always liked whoever I'm dating as long as they make me happy, and it's a good, happy, healthy relationship. You know, my only terrible relationship was with a white guy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that was my only abusive relationship so you know I think well, as long as that. I'm sorry
0: I said well there's that <laughs> yeah so yeah. I mean
1: um, I was never really afraid to bring anybody home but it was definitely more so I would only have sex with black guys and I was always actively seeking black guys to hang out with and have sex with and i saw i saw them kind of like just as this beautiful sex symbol mm-hmm. i mean in my opinion mm-hmm. and this isn't even for black men because i am bisexual i think that as a race of the whole in my in you know my opinion because i everybody has different preferences for what they like mm-hmm. i think black people are absolutely beautiful yes. and i think it probably stems from <laughs> because y'all are Judge so harshly for your looks. I mean, if you're going to talk about women, your hair has to be perfect. Your makeup has to be perfect. Your body's got to be perfect. You know, everything, because people are judging you based off of your personality so hard. And the same thing goes with men. Like, you know, you got to have a nice-ass haircut. You know, you got to dress very well. If you're going to have a beard, it's got to be full. You know, all these yeah. different things. Because, <laughs> because y'all are judged so harshly for the color of your skin and who you are and every single reaction is judged so harshly. Um, and so that's just my, you know, when I rationally think about it, why I think I prefer black men and women. Um, because they take care of themselves more often than if we're going to go just compare black and white men, and, men mm-hmm. and women. You guys take care of yourselves better. Um, and that was attractive to me. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, if I'm taking care of myself, you better be taking care of yourself too. Um, But the more and more I learned about what was going on, the more and more I got further away from my privilege bubble. I was like, I literally had like a moment in my life where I was like, holy shit, I'm fetishizing black men. Uh (laughs) And I was like, this has got to stop. It's okay for my preference to be Mm -hmm. black men. But it's not okay for me to see them as a sex symbol just because they're black. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just changed what I was doing and fixed it. And I was like, all right, see them for who they are. Get to know them. You know, sometimes, you know, I definitely still didn't get to know some of my friends with benefits, but that's because we had no want to get to know each other. (laughs) But um, for the most part, it was like, I'm going to treat you like a human being and not just you know somebody that I'm fucking. Yeah. So.
0: So speak. Okay. So speaking of people you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. So for those we all wanted to listen for the bullshit. Guess is where all the all the race shit stops. <laughs> um, take us through the timeline of y'all's relationship because. There was an open relationship, and then there was, like, there was a friendship, then a relationship, open relationship. There was so much different shit. So what was the timeline? Yeah, so, yeah, what was the timeline?
1: Okay, so we met this summer of 2014. Well, actually, no, we met before that, but that's when we first started dating. Uh-huh. We were acquaintances before that. So I really didn't know him. I actually really didn't like him. <laughs> um, and then Corey commented on one of my Instagram pictures, because this was back before the DMs existed, mm-hmm. and asked me for my number, and I was actually pretty hesitant, but I ended up giving it to him anyways, because I didn't want to be rude, and I thought he was cute, you know? I was like, all right. I know, I knew his intentions because of my conversations with him. Uh-huh. And so we started texting and Snapchatting and shit, and, um... I still kind of thought he was arrogant and cocky, but he asked me out on a date, and originally on the first day, I said no. But after more texting and Snapchatting and shit, I said yes to, the, to his second attempt, and my intentions were really more of like a friends with benefits kind of thing, mm-hmm. And so we went on this date, hooked up a little bit. We didn't fuck, but we definitely messed around in the movie theater. (laughs) Um, And then the more and more I got to know him, I was like, hey, this guy's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. He's actually not as big of an asshole as he makes himself try to seem. Uh Um, I was like, I think that's really just because he doesn't like anybody. But um, he's actually a pretty nice guy if you break down that rough exterior and so we started dating. We dated for five or six months. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up. We didn't speak to each other for a couple of months. And then we were friends for a couple of months and this is now 2015. We were friends for a couple of months and then we got the to back together-ish. We weren't like an official couple. Mm-hmm. But we definitely were, like, in love with each other. Yeah. Um, and then this was back when I was, like, a pure monogamist and was, like, as me and only me or somebody else, even if there's no label on it. Mm-hmm. And I found out that he had had sex with somebody else. And um, so we ended whatever the fuck was going on and stuck to being just friends. Okay. And then I moved away to college. And um, I had gotten feelings for him again. And I ended up just kind of like cutting myself off of, from him. Because he started dating another girl. Because um, he was aware of my feelings for him. And he started dating another girl. And while he was dating that other girl, I didn't speak to him. But as soon as they broke up, he was like, I made a mistake. I realized, like, you're the girl who's always going to be there for me no matter what through thick and thin. So we got back together for a very short period of time, like two Mm months-ish. And then we broke up again. (laughs) You see a pattern? Um, And then we started talking again, like, six months later as friends. And then we spent about a year and a half as friends. And, like, best of friends. Like, texting all day, every day, FaceTiming every single night. Like, mm-hmm. very, very close friends. Um, you know, because he's always been kind of, like, the person who's understood me the best and went through a lot of the difficult times in my life with me. And so, he really, truly understood, like, who I am and what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Once again, your girl caught feelings, (laughs) Um, And I remember, like, we just smoked with his brother. And, um, or no, this was before I was going to smoke with his brother. Because, like, I remember I was like, I want to be high for this conversation. He was like, no, we got to talk about it before. And so I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) And so we went to the gas station to go pick up Rillo's. And then we sat in the gas station parking lot. And I was like, I'm in love with you. (laughs) Because I didn't know how else (laughs) to say it. And... To my surprise, he was like, I'm in love with you, too. And um, at this point, he was still living in our hometown, well, commuting between Prairie View and our hometown for school and work. And um, I was up here in the central Texas area. And so we were like, "Okay, well, we'll do this long distance. But we're both the same way. We both really like sex. Mm And we would see each other, we'd try to do it once a week. Sometimes it would be every two weeks. Um, and so I was like, why don't, why don't we just do an open relationship while we're long distance? Mm-hmm. And so we were in an open relationship until we moved in together in August. Because um, there was really just no need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've been together ever since. Okay, so,
0: did y'all have to have a conversation, like a real conversation when y'all decided to go from monogamous to open, or like, uh, how how did that come about? Because not everyone could handle an open relationship.
1: Oh, for sure, not everybody could. Um, we definitely had a conversation and like, set some rules down for it. Uh-huh. Um, what were those rules? Kind of just kind of let these people know that we were sleeping with, that we were in an open relationship so that they couldn't... So so that at least if they caught feelings, they were aware. And um, just to, like, not do anything relationship type with those people. Yeah. Um, and just that we would be respectful. You know, just... We would definitely talk about it, but not into great detail like we did about our sex lives when we were friends. Got you. It wasn't like, oh, so-and-so hit it so good the other night. Like, you know, all that shit. Like, it would be, you know, I slept with so-and-so or whatever. But um, it definitely worked. I mean, I was satisfied sexually, and he was too. I mean, we were still fucking each other, like, every single day when when he came into town or when I came Mm -hmm. to visit him. Um, And I never felt jealous, and he never expressed any feelings about being jealous. And I think when it really comes down to being in an open relationship, you have to be super secure Uh in your love for each other. Yes. And you have to, for sure, without a doubt in your mind, know that your partner is going to love you, regardless of any bitch or dude that they're fucking. Mm -hmm. And know that they will not leave you. Because, I mean, after the four years of bullshit that Corey and I have gone through together, I know Mm -hmm. with no doubt in my mind that he's never going to leave me.
0: Oh, I know that's right. Yes. <laughs> I know that he
1: loves me very much. I know he won't do anything that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for him with me. You know, we are very secure in our relationship, and you have to know it without any doubts. You can't have a sliver of doubt within, within your relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to be super solid about your feelings. Um, and the only reason why we really ended the open relationship is just because um, there's no need for it. Just because we live together. Mm-hmm. So I see him all the time. The only time we're apart from each other is like when one or the other is at work mm-hmm. for like five or six hours max. So I can go five or six hours without some dick because I yeah. know when he comes home I'm getting that dick. Um so it's never it's not really a want or a need. And I don't really like want to fuck anybody else. Now that like I'm all domesticated and I'm like wifey. And yeah. he's hubby and like You know, it just just feels more right. It's just kind of like I just go with the feeling of what's right in our relationship Mm -hmm. and not. And that's kind of what I feel like the key to relationships is, is like going by what's right and not what by society says or what anybody else says.
0: So during the open relationship, so, okay, there's a couple of different things that you did. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You did a couple of things, but I want to talk about the threesomes for a second. Okay. So... You've had all the threesomes.
1: All the threesomes that I could have.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was my goal. <laughs> so tell, tell the
1: people a little about those. All okay. right. So to clear up any confusion, all the threesomes that I can have, because people are always like, what the fuck does that mean when I say that? I had a threesome where there were three female participants. I've had a threesome where there was two female and one male participant. And I had a threesome with me and two other dudes. Um, so, and that was kind of my goal was to get all of them checked off the list and kind of just experience as much sex as I could. Cause I was like, this is the last time I'm going to be truly single. Yeah. Um, so my female, my all female threesome, um, I went over to one of my friends with benefits house and I had originally planned for it just to be me and her. I did not know there was another girl in her apartment. And like I brought over a bottle of wine for her and me to share, and like she rolled a blunt for us. And then I walk into the door, and there was her and this other girl, and I'm like, "Okay, well we can hang out, whatever. Like this girl will eventually leave, and me and her can have some sex. Like that's okay." Mm-hmm. And um, so we're like sitting on my friend's with benefits bed, and we're like watching this TV show, talking, passing a blunt around, smoking some wine. And I like get up to go pee real quick, and I come back, and the girl I don't know is giving my friends with benefits a back massage. Like they're sitting up, like she's not straddling anybody or anything, but it's definitely like sexual, because like (laughs) my friends with benefits like rolling her neck, and like I mean I know what the bitch looks like when she's turned on, and so I'm just like, and I recognize the other girl from Tinder. Got you. So, so I'm you like, knew she was a freak. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that she was gay bi, poly, whatever. I knew she fucked girls, and so I'm like, there's like a little thing in the back of my mind where I'm like, I think I know what the fuck's about to go down, but I wasn't like for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I like sit down on the bed, and the girl I don't know is like, well, do you want a back massage? And I'm like. I mean, you're cute, so sure, yeah, like, (laughs) give me a back massage. She's like, give me a back massage. And, like, all of a sudden, like, she, like, turns my head and just starts making out with me. And I was like, I knew it. I was right. Like, this is what the fuck's about to go down. And, like, I did not expect this. This is not, I never expected this to happen. Um, But... I mean, literally next thing I know, the girl I don't know is riding my face, and the other the my friends with benefits is riding me. And I'm just like, I have no quarrels with how this night ended. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, and I was kind of like the center of the threesome, which that was my first time being the center of the threesome. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, like you just love like I really am not the type of person to have like to like all the attention on me, but Uh when I am having sex, I love. For me to be the center of attention. Um, Not that I don't please my partners or anything. But I love being the center of attention Mm -hmm. during sex. And um, it was really fucking awesome. Because I was like, these two girls right here just want to have fun with me. I'm like, this is awesome. Because they didn't even touch each other. And I was just like, yeah. And I, I didn't expect that. I was, like, it was really more like I got a train ran on me but it was two girls. Yeah. And I was just, like, this is awesome. Because both of them were really pretty, but Mm -hmm. in different ways. I mean, they had totally different bodies. And I was, like, I am living my best life. Yeah. (laughs) And this is it. Yeah. Um, The second one is, you know, the traditional threesome that everybody thinks about is two girls right now, and a fuck guy. fuck that
0: one. Let's talk about <laughs> you getting dicked down by two dudes. Oh, Let's okay, talk about yes.
1: That. Uh, yeah, because the other one's just boring. I mean, everybody knows how that goes. If you had a threesome, that's most likely what you had. Yeah, so. right. Um, getting dicked down by two dudes has always been a long-time t- goal of mine because, yes, I'm bisexual, but on the Kinsey scale, I'm more straight than gay. Mm-hmm. And for those
0: of you who do not know what that means, that everything is a spectrum, okay? There's a spectrum. So you fall somewhere within the fucking spectrum. We all do. Look it up.
1: Yep. <laughs> I mean, most people are attracted to both sexes. It's just you're attracted normally to one more than the other. And I love fucking girls, and girls are gorgeous, but I really love dick. I really love dick. Um, so I've always wanted this to happen, but it's super hard to get two guys in one room who want their dicks to be hard in front of each other. And I had originally planned one with two friends with benefits of mine. These two dudes who I didn't know were friends until I was watching one of their Snapchat stories and they were out on six together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like that fell through. Because one of the guys was like I'm just not feeling it. I'm sorry. The night of the other guy was already in my apartment. So uh, But anyways, I, my time was running up of being single. (laughs) (laughs) And so I literally would like message attractive guys on Tinder and be like, what are you doing tonight? Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, well, nothing. You want me to come through? I'd be like, only if you can bring a friend with you, a dude. Well goddamn <laughs> And it worked. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> it worked. Um and so these two dudes came together. Oh god. I honestly for the life of me cannot remember who either one of them are right now as I'm sitting here. <laughs> I know they were both fine as hell though. I think they were both football players, but oh? I'm not I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. But they're both fine as hell. And so I was just, like, sitting there, and I'm like, how the fuck is this going to start, you know? I've seen Mm -hmm. some pornos, but, like, I'm just, like, looking at them. We're, like, sitting there, and I'm like, like, we need to smoke. And so we smoked. And then, um, like, one of them just started, like, taking my shirt off. And I'm like, okay. And then I, like, started dressing both of them. And then I get, like, butt-ass naked. And I'm just laying on my bed, you know, on my back, just facing up. And this is what i like like what i this is what I like to call my goddess moment in my life, uh-huh. <laughs> where I'm just laying there, and one dude's sucking on my titties, and the other one's fingering me, and I'm just like, I feel so gorgeous right now, <laughs> like I feel like the baddest bitch on the whole entire planet because both of these men are fawning over me right Hell now, yeah, and I was like, and both of them are gorgeous, so." It goes exactly how you guys think it goes. <laughs> I <laughs> I was getting dicked down by one, and the other one, I was sucking his dick, and then uh. they switched turns, and then they switched turns, and then they switched turns. Uh. <laughs> and then one came before the other, so then the other one just fucked me. um, And... That was hella fun. I really wish I, my boyfriend would be down to do that. Plus,
0: you didn't hurt. It, like, you didn't feel at a point in time, like, it was too much. You're like, God damn, like, ah, I'm attacked.
1: I <laughs> would not do it every single night for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but, like, I, like, mentally prepared myself for it okay, being okay. a lot. Like, I was like, I know it's this like is going yeah, to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Because, like, <laughs> I definitely had lock jaw. And, like, I was definitely, like, getting sore. But I was like... Bitch, you wanted this so goddamn bad. That is like, true. And I don't know. There's just something because like men have like such a hard exterior. They do. And so when like both of them are just like looking at you like you're really hot and like both of their dicks are hard and like they're both fucking you and like it's just like such an experience when mm-hmm. two guys at the same time are like so attracted to you that you're fuck- you being fucked and it's just like and you're so attractive that they want to fuck you with their friend like (laughs) I'm just like because like men for the most part like have like internalized homophobia and so Mm -hmm. like they don't want to realize that they might be a little bisexual Mm -hmm. even if it's like two percent
0: yeah like
1: (laughs) they might be a little bisexual and so I mean like they didn't touch each other or anything like that but it was honestly like one of my better sexual experiences
0: it was it was great (laughs) So, okay, during this whole time, is this when you had the the goal to fuck a hundred people?
1: Yes, so I knew I was close because for the first couple of years of me having sex, I kept well at first, it started out on my phone, and then, as the numbers started rising and rising, mm-hmm. i didn't want it just to be on my notes app where like anybody who had my phone could get get to it. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a little black book.
0: The little fucking black book.
1: Yeah. And um, I started just writing everybody's name in, like, chronological order. I literally had their first and last name if I knew their first and last name. The month and year we started having sex, the month and year we stopped having sex, the age of the guy, the (laughs) age of me, and then a rating... From one to ten of how the sex was. And then like little tidbits about her sex. <laughs> fucking insane. I, just in, crazy. just insane. In, hey, just in case I wanted to fuck him again. Cause like when you start fucking so many people, you're like, How is the sex again? Like not everybody is memorable. Like fuck, I don't even remember everybody's names anymore. Uh-huh. And so um But there was, like, I had just gotten out of a relationship and not with Corey, with another guy. And I went wild. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to write in the little black book. And it had been, like, three or four weeks. And I could not remember everybody in chronological order, nor could I remember everybody's name. Mm -hmm. So the little black book went out the window. I still (laughs) have it. It went up to 54 Um, but I mean, even if you don't keep count to the exact number, you definitely have an idea. Yeah. And so I still had an idea and I still do have an idea of how many people I've had sex with, but it's not an exact number, which I used to be very proud of. I could be like, yeah, I fucked 75 people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, I knew I was close. Mm -hmm. I knew I was either like low nineties to high nineties. Okay. Um when we started the open relationship. And so I was like, I'm hitting a <laughs> hundred. Cause one, not that I could ever beat Corey, but Corey was way past that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um it kinda just felt like a competition. Not that like uh-huh. I was jealous and wanted to fuck as many dudes as he did girls, but I just was like, I wanna beat him. I knew I never could, but like I wanted <laughs> to get close ish. And so I was like, I gotta fuck at least over a hundred people because one, I love the shock of it when I tell people. Mm-hmm. They're like, what? You fucked over a hundred people. You
0: fucking whore.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's great. Like as long as you're safe about it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what? How? What?" And I'm like, you know, it's not for everybody, but, you know, I really love sex. A lot of my friends have told me I'm either a nymphomaniac or I'm a sex addict. It just depends on their opinion. Yeah. I've taken a quiz online that told me I was a sex addict, like, for an actual rehab center. Yeah. But um, <laughs> um, I just really like having sex. And so um, I... Was like, I have to do it. This is just a goal that I have in my mind, and um, so I've def, I definitely went way the fuck overboard. hundred. It's probably like hundred and ten, anywhere between hundred and ten and hundred and twenty. Okay,
0: that's not um, that overboard,
1: over. Yeah, but um, I mean, my goal was like pretty much hundred, and then I'd stop. But I just kept fucking more and more, dude. I was like, man, this is so much fun. Um, and so um, I hit that goal. And I was like, you know, I never had an idea of who my 100th person was. Um, I remember the big numbers all the way up until 40 because 40 was my favorite. And, um but like I just stopped paying attention to all that because yeah. it just like d- didn't seem important anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it was like I feel like I'm giving him too much power by like keeping track of them, and I also <laughs> just like got lazy with uh-huh. it. But like for me as a woman who really likes sex, because it's very rare for a woman who likes sex and to talk about it so openly. Yes, it is. And for me. I got so confident about it because, one, I love talking about it. Yes. Two, men do the same thing Mm -hmm. and don't get any backlash for it. True. Three, we're all human beings. We all like sex except for asexual people. Mm Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't degrade me as a human being just because I'm a woman and I should be modest or whatever. Because yeah, fuck all that. Yeah, fuck all that. If I want to have my titties (laughs) out, I want to have my titties out. If I want to have my tiny booty out, I can have my tiny booty out. Like, it doesn't matter. It like it doesn't make me a whore. It doesn't make me any less of a human being. I am still intelligent. I'm still a caring person. Hell yeah. I'm still an amazing human being. It has nothing to do with who I am as a person. It's just a part of who I am. And um, I've never really like thought of myself any less than because I like sex. Mm-hmm. And um, for all you nymphos slash sex addicts out there, unless it's ruining your life and you're an addict, <laughs> um, be proud of it. And be um, a <laughs> freak out here. We out here. Like sex is fun. We all like it.
0: If embrace you have vanilla
1: sex, embrace it. If you have kinky sex, embrace it. If you have rough sex, embrace it. If you have sex I don't even know about, embrace it. Yeah. Like I mean, it's all beautiful. It's all amazing. If it's nice and intimate and caring, it's beautiful. If it's rough it's beautiful if it's bondage and kinky it's still beautiful like oh yeah
0: speaking of the bondage and kinky let's talk about your time dabbling in bdsm and that's bondage what dominant sadomasochism boom there we go and for those and i hate this reference but yeah those of you who know Fifty Shades of Grey, that may have been your introduction into some BDSM kinky shit. Um, it's a lot. I mean, that's entertainment, and that's, like, watered down. But, I mean, you know, a basis. You guys can look it up, but y'all y'all get the point. A whole bunch of kinky shit. So how did you get introduced to that? And
1: tell us about your experiences. Um, I first got introduced into, like, light BDSM when I started dating actually my first boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend, um, and the first person I ever had sex with. Um, he, Because we both lost our virginities together and we were experimenting with what we liked and didn't like, we tried a lot of different kinds of sex. Um, And one of the things that we both found that we both liked was rougher, kinkier sex. And so we did very light BDSM, like choking, and pretty much like he tied me up two or three times. But out of the sex that we had had, that was my favorite times. And so after him and I broke up, I got my first ever friends with benefits. And this was the second dude I'd ever had sex with. And he was my first dom, quote unquote, because it was still pretty light BDSM, but he would punish me if I didn't do something that he wanted perfectly. Um, He wasn't super into bondage, but he would choke me and slap me and spank me and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was like kind of my second experience, but it still wasn't like a full experience. And I had had, like, kinky sex here and there, but my first real, true dom-sub relationship, like, Uh as, you know, BDSM-wise, was one of my good friends who, after I got out of one of my relationships, um, him and I started having sex together. And um, first, it was just kind of, like, pretty much rough sex. But this guy is an (laughs) ex-Marine, and, like, I swear to God, this man was, like, an interrogator or some shit because of the way (laughs) he tied me up. Like, he literally went to Lowe's and bought, like, different kinds of rope, and we had, like, a duffel bag under my bed full of, like, sex toys and the ropes and, like, outfits and stuff.
0: The whole experience. Yeah, the
1: whole experience. Um, I do not like to be whipped or flogged, so... We didn't have any of that shit. I don't <laughs> like. I like. I like the bare hand of my booties getting smacked, um, but you know we had dildos, we had cock rings, we had vibrating cock rings, you know the whole works. Um, and my favorite memory of having sex with him was when we had sex for five hours straight. Um, i mean, not straight straight like it wasn't five hours of straight up sex. There were definitely spoke breaks, um, <laughs> but.
0: But y'all had a session. Like yeah, a we had a day. full
1: blown session from like ten at night to like three in the morning. My poor roommates. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, the first time he tied me up was he tied my my right wrist to my right ankle and my left wrist to my left ankle, and just you know spread me, spread eagle, and just fucked me super hard. And um, he was the first guy to ever slap me across my face, and I loved it. Did it catch you off guard? How
0: how was that? Like I don't know how. It's never I've, that's never happened for me. So I don't know how I would react.
1: At first, I thought it was like, because like we had a safe word, um, which if you're doing, if you even if it's light BDSM and you're dabbling and you're experimenting, you need to have a safe word in case you get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um. so we would try things on each other but before discussing it because if you're in the moment you're not going to be like hey is it okay if I slap you in the face because that ruins the whole fucking thing Yeah.
0: and real quick y'all that's another way because a lot of y'all may say well how is there consent in BDSM or even if there's the most rough BDSM you know the most crazy shit well that's how it's still consent because you're consenting to everything and once you call out your safe word
1: anything past that is
0: no longer really consent
1: that's, Yes. that's yeah. dead <laughs> no, and that's exactly how it works. If you call your safe word, everything stops. And I've called my safe word with him, and everything stopped. He pulled out and was like, all right, let's take a second to recuperate. Whenever you're ready, go back. Let's go. And I won't ever do that again. Um, or, like, it was just – no, it was it was just, like, he was going, like, too much, and I just needed a break. But um, he – I – at first, I was like, I mean, the first. my first like split reaction was like, what? Because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. I was just kind of like, okay. But then I was like, that was really fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Um, because as a sub, because I'm not dominant whatsoever, as a sub, I like to be degraded. I like to be called a dirty little whore, a slut, you know, all the things I don't really truly believe about myself. Uh-huh. I love being called if I'm being fucked. Um, and so being slapped in the face is pretty degrading. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and I was like, that was hot as fuck. <laughs> and I said that out loud. I was like, I liked that. And, um, You know, my boyfriend does it. You know, I told him, I was like, Mm -hmm. I like being slapped in the face now. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you do that. And he does almost every (laughs) single night. Um, You know, and it's never, like, super hard where you have, like, a welt on your face. I mean, all about BDSM is is about knowing your partner's limits. I mean, even if you're having vanilla sex, you should communicate with your partner what you like, what you don't like, you know, your past experiences... What's worked, what hasn't worked, all of these different things. Because in my belief, out of my vast experience of having sex, I think communication is key. Yeah. Um, because not everybody likes the same kind of sex. But the purpose of you having sex should be, and not always it's not always this way, but it should be to please your partner. Yes. And to please them and to make them happy, and to make them come. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's the end goal. Um, So, you know, he was the first and only guy to spit in my mouth. Mm -hmm. It was hot, but I probably wouldn't let Corey do it, just because, like, (coughs) Corey and I don't have, like, super rough BDSM sex. Okay. Um... We have, like, very light BDSM sex some nights. Some nights it's rough vanilla. It's never, it's like, you. pure vanilla <laughs> because you, a girl won't come that way. Um, but And vanilla is what we call just
0: that plain old regular schmegler ass sex. What you see in the movies and
1: most sex scenes. Like, yeah. all that slow stroking and shit. <laughs> Fun story. Uh When Corey and I got back together the most recent time, I asked him to make love to me Mm -hmm. because nobody had ever made love to me before. Like, those slow stroke, you know, essentially what you see in the movies. And, like, that apparently beautiful sex. And I was like, I want to try that. Like, I love you a lot. Let's try it. Yeah. I had not come yet, and I was just like, Go back to our regular shit. Like I was like, I <laughs> can't, I can't do this. I was like, I need some penetration here. Um, See,
0: and for me, it depends. Sometimes I want some like rough shit. Sometimes I really do appreciate that that slow shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can't. I said, <laughs> hell no, I can't come from that. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I will not come from it. Like I just, yeah, I tried. I really tried, and I tried it with an open mind because I really wanted it. And then I was like feel myself drying up from this mm-hmm. um, but back to the other dude um it was a lot of like dressing up and role-playing too um and that was a lot of fun you know dressing up for somebody i remember one time he wore his full military outfit and i wore this was when Uh, i worked at hooters i know isn't that so sexy just like seeing a guy like all in uniform there's so some there's something so sexy about a man in a suit and a man in a uniform i don't know what the fuck it it is is. (laughs) um and this is the time when i worked at hooters and so i wore my military hooters outfit Mm -hmm. and um it was so fine he like tied me up in my little Hooters top and ate me out like that in his uniform. And like, there's... <sighs> <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> part of me and my BDSM journey is voyeurism as well, which yes. means either see, recording yourself and seeing you have sex mm-hmm. or having the possibility of like doing having sex in a public place yes. and somebody m- ac- maybe seeing you. I do not like having somebody watch me, nor do I like having my partner wa- have sex. But it is another facet of voyeurism. Um,
0: I like watching um, voyeur porn.
1: Voyeur porn. Hmm. Mm. I have actually never looked at that. I will have to go
0: home and look I at that. Because really like, uh, I wouldn't call myself like a voyeur, but I do love watching voyeur porn. Yeah. yeah. That sounds, I'm literally going to go home and watch some voyeur porn. <laughs> <really> um,
1: <laughs> but... I this was when I lived in an apartment complex with like an open balcony. Mm-hmm. It was actually here, yes. um, and I had a hammock on my balcony. Mm-hmm. And this was during one of our smoke breaks, and he was just sitting in my hammock, and he was like, "Come here," and I rode his face yes. butt ass naked. I'm so here for this <laughs> on my balcony. And he literally, like, when he got up, had, like, a ring of cum around his shirt. (laughs) Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, I did not know I came that much. Like, sometimes I surprise myself. Y'all, she threw her hands up in the air. She threw her arm up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was so much, y'all. Like, you guys know, like, when you have, like, that sweat ring, it's, like, I don't know, like two or three inches down your shirt. <laughs> yeah, like it was like that. Cause I mean, I'm a squirter, so like when I come hard, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So I was just like, holy fucking shit! And this man with his bare hands, just his hands, not even his dick, could make me squirt on command. Like I don't know how, what the fuck he yeah. did. Corey figured it out too, but like, yeah, I don't. There's
0: some out there.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't Ooh. know what it is, cause I can't. <laughs> I can't do it mm-hmm. myself. I can make myself squirt, but whatever. I can do
0: it with the toy. I can't do it with my hands.
1: Yeah, it was with their bare hands. And, like, I'm like, I try to mimic the feeling, and I can't. I'm like, yeah. y'all have some magic fingers. I don't know what the fuck you do, but okay. Um, with my boyfriend and I, we like I said, it's more light BDSM. Um, he will spank me a lot, and something that I love that he does is he makes me count how many times he spanked me. And he's got like a number in his head, like mm-hmm. how many he wa- how many times he wants to spank me. And if I don't say the number, it doesn't count. And um that's really hot for me. Mm-hmm. And he will tie me up occasionally. We broke, so we have not gone to go buy rope. We use like <laughs> 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 we, uh, we use like computer chargers and like just like sort of cord we can find like extension cords yeah. all that shit um, but it's I have no complaints about my sex life um, mm-hmm. and he definitely spanks me while we're having sex um, I love my hair being pulled mm-hmm. um, he chokes the ever living shit out of me <laughs> uh, he degrades me verbally he slaps me in the face it's you know what I like to call light BDSM mm-hmm. um and it's, it's, I mean, like, I feel like any facet of rough sex to, like, BDSM to full-blown BDSM is mm-hmm. damn good BDSM. <laughs> and yeah. good, damn good sex. It's just, like, such beautiful sex. It's just really amazing. And I would suggest to anybody, at least try it. Because you still got that safe word. So if you hate it.
0: That's true. Yell out you your safe word.
1: Out. Mine is cauliflower. <laughs> You're never gonna say that in sex. That is true. Unless you have a cauliflower fetish. <laughs> and I've never heard of that.
0: <laughs> no, for real though. But no, and y'all, if y'all honestly want to know more about like some BDSM and like some real real shit, um, there's a lovely podcaster at the name of at Kinks with Kiki. Uh Kiki, K-E-K-E. Yeah, Kinks with Kiki. And um, she's dope as fuck and she's into that life like she's collared I believe and oh yeah she
1: come off of cakes and all kinds of shit she's like really into BDSM because I have had BDSM experiences but not any of that real shit yeah (laughs) so yeah y'all definitely check out her
0: podcast because she talks about a lot of uh crazy shit okay so tell me about your time with being uh a sugar baby. I know a lot of y'all niggas who listen to this hate on women who are sugar babies. Y'all hate it. Y'all hate to see a woman post anything about posting her cash app, but y'all hate when women talk about finding themselves a sugar daddy. But um, tell us about your time as a sugar baby.
1: Um, So it basically started out, yeah, it basically (laughs) started out about like I was poor as fuck and I was not making very good money at my job, and I had some credit card debt. And I knew that it was a fast and easy way to make money. And because I like sex, I was like, and I'm very personable, I was like, why not talk to somebody and and fuck them, and then make four or five hundred dollars from it? It takes like two hours max. You're making like $200, $300 an hour, you know? And I'm just like, that doesn't sound hard. I do this shit for free all the time. Like, (laughs) why not get paid? And and
0: you know, honestly, that's the thing. That's honestly the thing right there. So many women, because a lot of niggas or men, I got to stop saying that. But so many men so like, oh, you just a hoe. You just doing this, that, or whatever. Like, how could you do that? And it's like, okay, you don't understand. We fuck y'all sometimes for literally nothing but a night. We fuck y'all for nothing but a nut if we get a nut from y'all. Exactly. So if we can get a check out of it, then we will. But we're acting like, y'all, if they could do it, they can. But if they took the time to get into it, they would.
1: Literally, like most of my guy friends were like, man, I got to get me a sugar mama. But it's really hard to find a woman who's willing to pay for sex, Mm -hmm. especially an older woman. So, you know, that finding a sugar mama is like next to impossible. So, like, I feel like that's part of the jealousy from it. And I feel like another part of it is because there's such a stigma against women because they think of it. They automatically go to like escorting or prostituting, which, in my opinion, is still a valid job. Yeah. Um, it's sex work. work. It's called work for a reason. It's exhausting and tiring.
0: Okay. Since you said that, because we're going to go back to um, you being a sugar baby, but I was having a conversation with someone, and they were like, hey, would you ever consider uh, having a premium snap? And I was just like, um, I considered having one, but I wouldn't do it. And they were like, why wouldn't you do it? And I was like, it takes so much effort. time and effort to do a premium snap and what?" It, they were like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, let me break. So, let me break this down for y'all. For y'all who do not understand, a premium snap, this is what it takes either your phone or actual camera, which, if you have an actual camera, that's more expensive and you would need a tripod and shit. But you're going to need camera. You're going to need somebody that can get good angles. You're going to need lighting, especially if you're a brown girl. You're going to need good lighting. You're going to need to be oiled up. You're going to need, if you're a squirter, you're going to need to be in a spot that don't have your fucking juices squirting and flying all over the place. You're going to have to have hair and makeup, done. Body looking right. Wax, done. Fucking nails, toes, done. Legs, shape, like all of that. You have to then get all of the footage, then edit the footage, have build clientele. I was like, and in my case, if I had a premium snap, I was still wanting to be low-key. I still come from a small town. I don't I want my parents or nobody to find out about that shit. I was mm-hmm. like, so how would I build a clientele, a good clientele, without promoting myself on social media? Oh, you can't. And, right. I was like, that's impossible. I was like, but aside from that, I was like, you. did you just, like, that's so much
1: work. Well, sex work's really difficult. That goes
0: into it. But,
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, on, on, that, <laughs> no, on that note, like, sex work was a thousand times more difficult than my actual job as a waitress. And I believe that waitressing is, like, one of the harder, like, lower-paying jobs. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, so much effort goes into it. Because, like, initially, like, meeting a sugar daddy, you have to download the app. You have to post pictures of yourself you have to come up with a bio that's intriguing enough for somebody to stop and want to talk to you. Because most of these sugar daddies do not just want somebody to have sex with. They can go get a prostitute for that. They want somebody to have a conversation with, to text with throughout the day, talk to, and then whenever you guys meet up, you'll talk. It's like a relationship. Except you're not exclusive and you're not dating. Um, and... So you have to talk to these guys, text them for a while, get to know them because they want to like you as a person. And then you finally meet. And if you're us, I live in a small town. I had to drive 30, 45 minutes to go meet these guys. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I had to do, hair had to be done, makeup had to be done, which takes two hours. You know, I had to be shaved down. I had my legs right, had to be shaved. has to be right. Yeah, everything has to be perfect because they're paying for this. It has this to be worth their while. Yeah, it's a service, and it's got to be perfect. Because um, you're trying to make, I mean, its it, its if you've ever worked in a customer service job, you're trying to make your customer as happy as possible. So, you know, you drive to go see them. Sometimes you guys go get dinner or something like that. Most of the time, my preference was just to hang out at their house. Um, And I always took safety precautions. This was when Corey was my friend. So either Corey, my roommate, or my best friend would have my location as to where I was. I would send them the address as well, just as an extra safety measure. And then while we were talking, I would text them every 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'd just say, I'm okay, over and over again. (coughs) And then... And then right before I was about to have sex, I would say, okay, I'm having sex. And they would call me an hour later to make sure I was okay. Or I would text them if it ended before an hour. Mm-hmm. Because I always made it clear, you're only getting to fuck me for an hour. You can have to pay more for more than that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just because sex is exhausting, y'all. And an hour of sex is really exhausting. And when you're having sex as a sugar baby you're doing most of the work. And it's just fucking tiring, dude. Um, And so I had four, no, three main sugar daddies. I saw a few, Mm -hmm. one or two times, um, but four. One, and he was my favorite. um, (laughs) He was a Texas State alum. And, or, no. One, he was my favorite. He was an alumni of our school. And, um, he was awesome. He was, (laughs) I mean, literally, like, I would fuck this dude even if he didn't pay me. I actually, like, discounted my price for him because I liked him so much. Um, and, like, talking to him was super easy. He was the only one that was black. (laughs) So I found him actually attractive. Uh Um... and he was the youngest he was only 35 i mean Ooh. i've i've fucked 35 year olds that were just friends with benefits mm-hmm. um and he was just like so much fun to hang out with mm-hmm. and you know we we just had a lot in common like um if he wasn't married and didn't live in houston i mm-hmm. probably would have like pursued a relationship with him like he was really he was really a lot of fun hmm. um And, you know, and also if you're out with a sugar daddy and like going to places, because we always went places Mm -hmm. because, um, for me, most of my sugar daddies were not white. And so they couldn't pass as my dad or a relative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of them are older. And so they, it's obvious when it's a sugar baby relationship. Uh And to me, I didn't want to just be walking out in public. It'd be obvious, but we would go out in public because... He could very well pass as a college student. (laughs) Um, And so and the sex was really good with him. We would fuck a lot, like, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, And he was just, like, a lot of fun. Like, I still hang out with him, even though I'm in a relationship and I'm not a sugar baby anymore. Like, I still hang out with him when he comes in town and stuff. And, like, I mean, he's so nice. Like, he will, like... Pay for my food and stuff like that, even though I don't even ask. And like I always thank him because it's always unexpected. I always mm-hmm. bring my own money, but like, and we still text and stuff just because he's such a nice guy. Like, mm-hmm. and that was my best experience by far as a sugar baby. What was your worst? Um, my worst was actually something that doesn't happen very often. Um, I was on the app and some guy had randomly messaged me that I had talked with a few times, but he never like wanted to meet up never had like, he like left me on read, like never mm. um, solidified any plans or anything like that. And he sent me a picture of $600 cash with his face and said, come over tonight if you wanna make some money. And this was like my second time going to meet somebody. Um, and so I was like, Bruh, six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I'm going. And um so I get ready really quick. Just I just like put on the bare minimum makeup, just some lashes, straighten my hair real quick, did my eyebrows, um, and like put some highlighter on just so I could look pretty. And then like I normally wear like heels and like some tight jeans or a skirt and like a n- revealing top. Cute. Yeah, cute, sexy, fun, um, and then I go over to his apartment or his house, and automatically he's kind of like acting a little strange. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like he was gonna murder me. You know, <laughs> you know that feeling when you're in a strange situation and you're like, this is awkward and weird, but like he's definitely not gonna murder me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. And so but I was like, six hundred dollars, Bobby. Six hundred dollars. And so um I went over and we started fucking around. And, you know, after we're done, he like automatically is like, I'm having a panic attack. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Because as somebody who has an anxiety disorder and as somebody who's training to be a mental health professional, He was not showing any of the physical symptoms of having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different physical Mm -hmm. symptoms. Like, literally, like, 20 I could go over. But (laughs) 20 to, like, fucking 40. Like, there's a lot. And, like, he's not having any of these Mm because he seems relatively calm. Like, calm enough to identify the fact that he's having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's still functioning. Because most of the time, he's just... I mean, the number one thing is you stop functioning as a human being. And he's like, I need to go to the hospital now. And I'm like, I have never heard of somebody going to the hospital for a panic attack before. But he said that he needed to get some medication, emergency medication. And I'm like, if this is a reoccurring problem that you know that you need emergency medication, shouldn't you just be prescribed? And so I'm just like... But I'm not about to argue with this man because if he says he's having a panic attack,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to feel like that's valid. Yeah. Even though in my mind I'm having these doubts. I'm like, well, where's the money? Yeah, Because you should never, ever, ever ask for the money up front. That's rude. Because you don't want it to seem like you're there just for the money. Mm-hmm. Even though you are. Mm-hmm. Because the main difference between a prostitute and an escort and the sugar baby is that it's a relationship yeah. type.
0: It's a whole another dynamic. Yeah,
1: you are texting with these people throughout the day. You're talking to each other. They know tidbits about your life.
0: It's not just an exchange of like it's literally not just a wham bam thank you ma'am. <laughs> like it's not that's a prostitute. Yeah.
1: it's sugar baby. It's a whole relationship. It's yeah, and so I was like, well, can I get my money? And he's like, I don't have it. We need to go to the ATM real quick before the hospital. And I'm like, you sent me a picture of $600 cash. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, yeah, I know. My brother had to borrow it. And I'm like, this situation is hella sketchy. But sure, I will follow you to the bank in my car. Because at that point, I was in my own car, and I felt safe. So we start driving, and he goes to the bank. And he goes, like, through the drive-through, like, pretends to fuck her, Like, he fucks around on the ATM for, like, a whole ass, like, 20 seconds, and then speeds off. And I can't catch up to him. So
0: and that quick,
1: he finessed some pussy. He finessed some pussy for free. When this is not a man that I would have sex with, this is—he's not my type whatsoever. Very, very strange personality. Very, not attractive in my per, in my opinion. Um. And like, I felt terrible. I felt. Um, degraded and used because mm-hmm. that's kind of like the agreement I mean I took care of it I reported him on um, the website that we were on I don't know if they ever removed his account or anything like that um, but you know I was just like what the actual fuck Yeah. but that was my only negative of experience with it mm-hmm. and um, I'd let all my sugar daddies know after that, that I had had a negative experience and that I was wary. Mm-hmm. And so most of them would show me the cash up front, give it to me afterwards. Um, I never had a problem with not being paid again. Um, and I feel like this is a very rare situation. Out of all the girls that I've talked to who've done mm-hmm. the sugar baby thing, they've never had an experience like that. Yeah. Um, so my advice to anybody who wants to try this is have a conversation with them first, continue that relationship. Because this was a guy who I had only texted with a few times, Mm -hmm. and I made the irresponsible decision to go meet him. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, like, when I walked in, I felt the situation was strange, and I did not adhere to my gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... You know, I was just like, well, I drove 45 minutes to get here.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to do what I need to do and make that money. Yeah. But I ended up wasting even more time mm-hmm. and, you know, feeling dirty and used because of it. Yep. Um. But, I mean, after that, I had, you know, my three main sugar daddies, one who lived in our town mm-hmm. and um, another who lived in the next town over. And... um. I never had any negative experiences with him. The one, the one who lived in the other town literally like fell in love with me. <laughs> um, he at first propositioned for me to transfer to the college that's in Austin. And um, he was like, you know, I know you're smart enough to." No, my GPA is not good enough to transfer to UT. Enough, the GPA just isn't
0: good enough. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) "There's
1: that's two different things," Um, and he wanted me to move in with him, and I was like, "No, I can't." I was like, "No, that's just not, it's just not a thing." And two, like, I did not not want to be a live-in sugar baby. And then he actually asked me to marry him, which like. To me, did not make sense because I said no to living with him. Yeah. But, yeah. And he will text me every once in a while now. He'll, like, respond to my Snapchats and be like, God, you're gorgeous. Oh, I miss you. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, are you sure you can't come see me? And he, like, really wants me to, like, find him another sugar baby that looks like me. Mm -hmm. And... I was like, I know a few girls. I was like, do you like black girls? Because like the only girls that I knew who had like sugar baby experiences and like who have done that were black. And he was like, didn't you no. Say who looked like you though? Yeah, but no, he didn't say that until after. Oh, he didn't say, say that girl. until after. He didn't say that until after. Um, and he was like, no, they have to look like you. And I was like, I don't have any friends that look like me. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's this coworker of mine that looks like me. I was like, but she has a boyfriend, so (laughs) I feel like she's in the same boat as me where um, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, he offered, like, last month to pay, like, half my rent. No, not half my rent. All of my rent for me if Mm -hmm. I found him a new sugar baby.
0: (sighs) Damn.
1: I don't know anybody that looks like me, so hey, white bitches, um, if you want a sugar daddy, hit me up, because right. you'll get paid and I'll get paid. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to be tall, because he likes tall girls. I'm 5'10", and that's something he liked about me, so um, hit him up. He's really nice. Right. <laughs> he gives great head, too. Ayy. That was like he was a lot of fun to have sex with because he loved eating me out and loved playing with, with with me for toy with toys.
0: Honestly, that's why I like watching one of my favorite porn when I watch older men is uh, blue men. No, what blue pill men because like Viagra, um, and they're older men and they eat really good pussy.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, because they have a lot of experience doing it, and so. It's just like, I mean, it's like a whole other level. It's like getting your pussy ate by a female, honestly. Like, if any of you guys are, if any of you girls are bi and, like, you've had your pussy ate by a girl, it's kind of like on that whole other level because they have so much experience doing it. Wow. And you're just like, because, you know, obviously a girl knows how to eat good pussy because they got one. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> i just made me think of that um amine line where it's like i think that eating learning to eat pussy from somebody who eats pussy is better than learning from somebody who doesn't and yeah. i was <laughs> like um i mean i'm somebody who eats pussy and um i've definitely told my partners and you know my boyfriend like what i like and what i don't like when i'm yeah. eating pussy and i really don't feel like that stems from me eating pussy and it's more of knowing my body and what I like and that pissed me the fuck off I was like a woman knows her body just like a dude's gonna know his just because you're the one who's fucking me doesn't mean that I don't know like I take your considerations and what you want when I'm giving you head, so you should do the same (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like but being a sugar baby was a really good experience for me Um, except for that one bad experience and it never really made me want to stop um just because, like, the guys that I did meet were so nice and mm-hmm. so generous and so caring. Um, they were just some genuinely good guys. And, um, you know, back to, like, people having – in the stigma about sex work. E- you know, if you are a cam girl, porn star, have a premium sta- snap, you're a prostitute, you're an escort, you're a sugar baby, like – Whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. it's a valid job. Yes, it is. Because.
0: Make that money, bitch. Don't make, don't let it make you.
1: Yeah, like, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. Like, more than your retail job, more than your campus job, more than your serving job. Shit, probably more than your eight to five, your nine to five job, because I've never had one of those, so I don't know, but. And best (coughs) believe, those strippers, some of them be clocking in eight hours.
0: It's not just, oh, walk in for just two hours and just leave. It's not just, oh, I'll just be gone for three months and then just walk up in here and come. That's for the OG bitches who are the bad bitches. You you regular bitches. Hell, speak for myself. Us regular bitches, if we go to a club, that's not how it's going to be. You're going to have a mandatory uh, Sunday or Monday. You're going to have uh, maybe three times that you have to work a week, and you're going to have to clock in for about at least Six hours. You're gonna have to pay to be there, and you're gonna have to tip out motherfuckers. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot. You're on your feet. It's a lot. Shit's not guaranteed, and you still. And at the. And guess what? At the end of the night, you still gonna have to tip people out, and you still have to pay that shit to get in.
1: They don't give a fuck how much money you made. Like, (laughs) yeah, no strippers. Like, shout out to strippers. Like, that's the only sex work that I know I can't do. One, (laughs) I can't dance. Like, I know everybody's always like, oh, you don't have to dance to do it. I'm like, you don't understand. I have no sense of rhythm. You need to at least have that. Like, I can strip tease guys who think I'm sexy because they like me. Yeah. But I can't strip tease random strangers because um, there is no rhythm. <laughs> Two, I am so uncoordinated I could never get on a pole. Three... I cannot walk in heels very well, so um, nor could I spend six hours in heels. That's, that's a fuck time. no for me. That's a fuck no for me. And I sweat way too goddamn much to wear makeup for six hours straight dancing. Like, that's a fuck no. Uh-uh, no. I no. Like, stripping, it, like, I give so, so, I, I'm like I'm like, y'all work so goddamn hard. I am in awe of strippers. Like, I have a friend who strips, and I'm just like... It was my old friends with benefits, that girl that I was talking about oh. who did the threesome. I'm just like...
0: Oh, girl, no, she fucked the hell out of
1: you. I, oh, she did. <laughs> she, did. she <laughs> did. She fucked the living hell yeah, you out of me. Did you say she was a stripper. Yeah, she was something else. She literally, like, I felt like I could never fully please her, because she just kept wanting more and more and more, and I was like... Girl, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm like, I ate your pussy for like 30 minutes. I need a breather. <laughs> like, uh like the the girl that uh Corey and I fucked was kind of like that too. Literally we had a whole ass threesome and she wanted more. I I passed the fuck out after that. Solid. I passed the fuck out after that. And like she told Corey that she probably had to go downstairs and masturbate because she said she was spending the night because I picked her up from Austin mm-hmm. and you know I was not about to drive her ass home in Austin yeah. from like at two in the morning. Also, we had drank at my house before the yeah, three so I was like, yeah, no, I'm not driving you home. And um, she was like, I'm gonna probably have to go downstairs and masturbate. And like Corey told me that next morning, I was like, she was not tired. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, she said y'all were light work. I was like, I mean, we literally fucked for, like, an hour and a half. I don't understand how she was not tired. (laughs) I was like, because threesomes take a long time. And I was just amazed by this girl because I was just. I literally, like, wrote her face for, like, a solid 30 minutes. And then, like, Corey fucked her for a long-ass time. Like, (laughs) I am just, like.
0: She's a
1: trooper. I know. I was like, how do you need more after that?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. What's her name? Was she my cousin?
1: Yeah, baby. She <laughs> She's white, so I kind of oh, okay. highly doubt she was okay. your cousin. <laughs> unless, you, unless you got some white cousins up in Austin. But, um.
0: <laughs> Not in Austin, no. That's funny. <laughs> so, do you have any safety tips for um, any uh sugar babies
1: um definitely if you i don't know if androids do this but if you have an iphone share your
0: location and if you don't have an iphone make some quick money to get an iphone
1: well, I know there's, like, <laughs> there's location-sharing apps that, like, kids can have with their parents. I don't know the name of any of them off the top of my head because I do have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, but just make sure somebody has your location, like a GPS location, and then also send them the address of where you're going. Um, make sure you're texting this person regularly. Obviously, you can't do it while you're having sex. So set some ground rules. Have them call you in an hour, two hours, three hours, however long that mm-hmm. you want to have sex. Um. And if you don't respond, make sure they know to call 911. Sugar babying is not illegal. It's not. Even though it's sex work, it's not yeah. illegal. Yeah. Because there's a relationship involved. Because you can technically count it as, he's just giving me financial support. This is somebody I have a relationship with. That is true. Um. And... So, it's not illegal. You can't get in trouble for it. And most of the time, even if somebody wants to pull that prostitute bullshit on you, your safety is what's going to matter. They're not going to fine you for this. Your safety is what's going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure somebody always knows where you are. Make sure that that person is not doing something. They're not at work. They're not, because that's why I had three different people who knew, because in case yeah. somebody was at work, you know, I knew somebody else. And if it takes four or five, six, yeah. you know, it, as, do many, to p- do. Yeah, as many people as it takes to know that you're doing what you're doing and know that you're going to be safe. Because trust me, if these people love you, they're going to know that you're going to be safe. Yeah. Another safety tip is to make sure that you actually build a relationship with them. Because there are some guys on this website who are going to use it to find a prostitute-ish mm-hmm. type relationship that where they don't want to get to know you and they don't want to have like a relationship with you, and they just want to have sex and pay you for it. Yeah. Um, I don't suggest having sex with those people um, because that's not what sugar babying is. Yeah. Um, and I suggest, like, texting them for a while and getting to know them. One, if they're a true sugar daddy, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Two, that ensures that you know them and you have a vibe for who they are. Um and then, my last safety tip is that you guys meet in a public space first, go have coffee, go have lunch, go have dinner, mm-hmm. go go do something first, so that one you get to know the guy first, you actually get to hang out and meet with him because like a vibe yeah like 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 you said like 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 i've said, this is a relationship it's literally like having a boyfriend, but you only see him every how much time you have to go see him Mm -hmm. and you're getting paid. Um, But go meet them first. Make sure that they're safe. Make sure that this is somebody that you actually want to continue this kind of relationship with and make sure that you feel comfortable within their presence. And if you get any sort of iffy, icky feeling about them, Mm -hmm. leave. Tell them you got to go home. Have whoever it is that you're texting you call you and make up some sort of emergency. I've done that with a sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. Not because I didn't feel safe, but because I'd hung out with him for four hours. And I was like... This is excessive. When are you going to fuck me? Because I know I won't get paid if I don't fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually (laughs) how I met that girl that we had a threesome with. (laughs) Because the sugar daddy wanted to have a threesome. And I was like, okay, it's really fun hanging out with y'all, but... um, I got other shit to do. And right. at this point I'm only making like $100 an hour and that's not enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, cause this guy was terrible to hang out with. Mm-hmm. He was terrible and I like, he was just very misogynistic. Oh, okay. And like, despite the fact that he was an Indian and a minority, he was like pretty fucking racist. Cause like I brought up my social justice oh, bullshit and he was yeah. like, I'm brown and I'm a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, you probably grew up with parents who were wealthy
0: racist most misogynistic.
1: (laughs) yeah he just really got off of like being around bisexual women Mm. because like he took us to Twin Peaks I'm giving her a stare right now like really bitch (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he took us to Twin Peaks and made us hit on the waitress what I got her number But I was like, I'm never going to text this poor girl. I was like, this is so weird. One, I get a total straight vibe from her. <laughs> Two, I don't want to have to be forced to hit on somebody. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, I understand that, like, men think girl-on-girl sex is hot. But it's not something to be fetishized. Like, it's my sexuality. It's not... I mean, it's the same thing as like, being... Fetishized off of something that like you somebody can't control, like their race or their ethnicity or something like that. It's just fucking disgusting.
0: It's just, yeah, like,
1: it's just fucking disgusting. It's <laughs> like, yes, I like to have sex with women, but it's not something that you should be incredibly intrigued about as a man because guess what? Me having sex with a woman th- has nothing to do with you. Yeah,
0: basically. Because you
1: don't got a pussy, so I'm if right. I wanna fuck a girl, I'm not interested in talking to you about it.
0: Thanks. Basically. <laughs> Basically. So I used
1: to like my freshman year, I was like I had buy in my Tinder bio. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking it out mm. because the the girls never had a problem with it. And I originally put it in there so that the girls would know that yeah. I had an interest in them and that I was looking for either a relationship or a friends with benefit relationship mm-hmm. with them. And um but I got so many like messages about like being by and stuff like that from guys where I had to take it out. Cause yeah. I was like, my sexuality is not something that is, should be attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's nice where I'm in a relationship and we can have threesomes and it's fun. Yes. It benefits Corey and I in a certain way, mm-hmm. but that's only with women who want to and are excited to. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like it's it's not it's not like you know, and I feel bad because when I'm looking for a threesome and somebody to be the third in our relationship, luckily we found at least one girl who like wants to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Um although if I mean, she's pretty, but she's not exactly my type. I want to um. <laughs> find somebody who's exactly my type, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard. But, like, I'll message girls on Tinder and be like, so are you interested in a threesome? And it's like after texting for a while, and I always get left on read. Mm. But, but I feel so bad because, like, in the back of my mind, I remember all the times that I've been messaged for a threesome. But it's, it's, it's just like, how the fuck else am I supposed to find a threesome? <laughs> I literally, like, just messaged this girl on Snapchat one day, I was like, hey, are you down for a threesome? <laughs> yeah. hey. And she was down.
0: <laughs> you just have to shoot your shot, basically. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's literally what I did. I was just like, all right, well, we're going to fuck. Yes. <laughs> she, she was like, honestly, you're just so pretty, yes. And I sent her some pictures of Corey, and she was like, he's hot as fuck, too, because she likes black guys, too. So I was like, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I right, bet. I was like, all right, good <laughs> it's like i know i know he'll probably please you because dick big and um you like he's damn good in bed, right he's so. like
0: i know I,
1: he puts it down right we well, use that ios tw- uh 12 measuring thing on his dick you know what
0: <laughs> see you know i either
1: i don't even know if my phone can update to that If you did, it would probably be like all fucking up, y'all. Her phone was fucking up when she was like trying to
0: get all her questions. It was fucking up. If there's anyone who would like to sponsor me with a new phone, your girl has send her some money. Okay, I have. All you have to do is slide in the DMs. That's all you have to do, and we'll. I'll. I'll slide you the the PayPal, the Venmo, the Zelle, whatever. We can figure it out because this six plus is not working. It's not.
1: Sponsor her because she's she's intelligent. She's got some good ideas. Help you pitch
0: out. (laughs) It helps her with her
1: podcast. So if you guys like it, send her some money.
0: Send some fucking money. Uh, This wraps up this episode, you guys. I really hope you guys fucking enjoyed it because.
1: uh, I I, feel like this one was actually low key better. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait, man. Like this, it took so much for me to even. Well, it wasn't that hard getting her back, but like the whole situation, you guys, it was just so stressful with losing it, and we did this whole thing once upon a time, but it doesn't exist, so now, you know, this episode, it's a lot better, we're in this bitch. Hey.
1: Man, I wanted to hear this so goddamn bad, so it doesn't even matter, like, yeah. I was like, and plus, you're so much fun to be around, so I was like... <laughs> I have no quarrels with coming over again, yeah. drinking some whiskey and talking
0: about my sex life. <laughs> <I've been chilling. laughs> so you guys check out this episode. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts. It's going to be on Google, on Spotify. Start listening to my shit on Spotify more because it just recently went up there and I need to get the numbers up. And yeah, follow me at let's be honest pod. Um All the links are always in the description box in the show details. So you'll find the links to all the socials. You'll find the links to her socials. And if you follow me, you'll see when I drop it and all that good shit. So
1: follow the bitch and listen, please.
0: Yes. (laughs) Bye, y'all.